0: Hello, all my nieces and nephews, and welcome to Auntie JoJo's library. All listeners are welcome in my library, but it was specifically created for my seven wonderful nieces and nephews. Every Monday, the month of April, we will be reading chapters from Lewis Carroll's Alice's Adventures in Wonderland. This episode, we'll be reading chapters three, four, and five. Let's get started. Chapter 3, A Race and a Tale. They were indeed an odd-looking bunch that assembled on the bank. The birds' feathers were soaked. The animals' fur clung to their bodies. All the creatures were dripping wet and uncomfortable, especially Alice. The first question, of course, was how to get dry again. All of the animals spoke at once. Alice was getting quite used to these talking animals. Within minutes, she felt like she had known them all of her life. She did, however, have an argument with the lorry. He turned scully and would only say, I'm older than you, so I must know better and be wiser than you. Alice wasn't sure about his age. What if he wasn't older? Just how old are you? she asked, but he refused to answer, which made Alice angry. At last, the mouse took charge. Sit down, all of you, and listen to me. I'll soon make you dry enough. They all sat down, once in a large circle with the mouse in the middle. Alice refused to take her eyes off the mouse, for she feared she'd catch a bad cold if she didn't get dry soon. She wondered how exactly he would manage to dry them. Are you ready? asked the mouse. This is the driest thing I know. He started to tell them a story about William the Conqueror. Ugh, said the lory as he shivered. I beg your pardon, said the mouse, frowning. Did you speak? Not I, said the lorry. The mouse continued on and looked at Alice. How are you getting along? I'm still as wet as ever, Alice replied. Your story isn't drying me at all. The dodo stood. In that case, I moved to have this meeting adjourned. Speak English, said the Eaglet. I don't know how some of these big words. What I was going to say, said the dodo, was that the best thing to have us dry off would be a cactus race." What's that? asked Alice. It wasn't that she really wanted to know, but she thought someone should ask the best way to explain it is to do it said the dodo he asked everyone to line up in sort of a circle there was no shouting of one two three go rather everyone just ran this way and that way when they felt like it no one knew when the race should end or which direction to take off after a half hour when all seemed dry the dodo suddenly called out the race is over The animals crowded around Dodo. Who won? The Dodo had no idea who won the race. He stood for a long time with one finger pressed upon his forehead while everyone waited in silence. At last, the Dodo said, Everyone has won, and everyone will get prizes. Everyone cheered. But who's to give the prizes? they asked. Why, she is, of course, said the Dodo, pointing to Alice. At once, they surged toward Alice, chanting, Prizes! 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 Alice had no idea what to do. She put her hand in her pocket and pulled out a box of candy. Luckily, the salt water hadn't harmed it. She awarded each animal a prize. There was exactly enough for everyone to get one piece of candy, except her. The mouse spoke up. She must have a prize herself. Of course, the dodo replied. What else do you have in your pocket?" "'Only a thimble,' said Alice, feeling a bit sad. "'Hand it to me!' Once Alice did so, the dodo handed it right back to her. "'We beg your acceptance of this elegant thimble!' Everyone cheered once more. Alice thought the whole thing was absurd, but she didn't dare laugh. She couldn't think of anything to say, so she bowed and took the thimble. Everyone started to eat the candy.' This caused confusion once more. The small bird choked on theirs and had to be patted on the back. The large bird complained. They couldn't taste anything. Finally, they sat back down in the circle and asked the mouse to tell them another story. Alice spoke up. You promised to tell me why you hate... She paused and then whispered, C and D? Mine is a long and sad tale, said the mouse. He turned to Alice and let out a long sigh. Alice looked at the mouse's tail. It certainly is indeed a long tail, but why do you call it sad? Listen to my tale, and you'll know, said the mouse. As the mouse told the tale, she imagined it like this. Furry, said to a mouse, that he met in the house. Let us both go to law. I will prosecute you. Come, I'll take no denial. We must have the trial. For really this morning, I have nothing to do, said the mouse to the cur. Such a trial, dear sir, with no jury or judge, would be wasting our breath. I'll be jury, said cunning old furry. I'll take the whole calls and the condendum to you death. As Alice listened to the mouse's story, she studied his tail. It didn't look sad to her. Maybe I'm not looking hard enough, she thought. She studied his tail a bit more. It was obvious to the mouse that she wasn't listening to the words he was saying. He got up to leave. Please come back and finish your story, said the animals, but the mouse's pace only quickened. What a pity he wouldn't stay, said the lorry when the mouse was too far off to overhear. Then a crab spoke up to her daughter. Let that be a lesson to you. Never lose your temper. Oh, how I wish I had my Dinah here, said Alice to no one in particular. She'd fetch that mouse and bring it right back to us. And who, may I ask, said the crab, is Dinah? Alice replied eagerly, for she always loved talking about her pet. So does Auntie Jojo. Dinah is my pet. She's a cat and great at catching mice. And oh, I wish you could see her with the birds. As soon as she sees one, she's off trying to catch it. She loves to eat birds, you know. Alice's comment caused quite a stir among everyone. Some of the birds hurried off at once. A canary called to its children. Come away, dears. It's way past your bedtime. Soon, Alice was left alone. Oh, how I wish I hadn't mentioned Dinah. Nobody seems to like her down here. But I am sure she is the best cat in the world. Then Alice trembled. What if I never see Dinah again? Alice started to cry at once. She felt lonely, and her spirit was broken. In a little while, however, she once again heard the pattering of footsteps in the distance. She looked up eagerly, hoping that the mouse had changed its mind and was coming back to finish the story. Chapter 4. The Rabbit Sends in a Little Bill It was the white rabbit trotting back again, he muttered. The Duchess, oh, my dear paws, oh, my fur and whiskers, she'll be furious with me. Where Clive, drop them? Alice quickly guessed that he was looking for the fan and the kid gloves. She started to hunt for them. They were nowhere to be seen. Everything seemed to have changed since her swim. The great hall with the glass table and the little door had vanished completely. The white rabbit finally noticed Alice. Why, Marianne, are you here? Run home this moment and fetch me some gloves and a fan. Alice was so frightened at this angry voice that she ran off in the direction he pointed. She didn't even bother trying to explain his mistake. He thought I was his maid. How surprised he'll be to discover who I really am, she thought. But then Alice decided that he may truly need those items, so she quickly walked on until she came upon a house. A bright brass plate was on the door. W. Rabbit was engraved upon it. Alice entered without knocking and hurried upstairs. She feared she'd meet the real Marianne if she lingered too long. How odd it is that I'm running an errand for a rabbit. I suppose Dinah will be sending me on errands next. Alice soon found in a tiny room with a table by the window. Upon it lay three pairs of tiny gloves and a fan. She grabbed them and was about to leave when she noticed a bottle on the table near the looking glass. There was no label with the words, "'Drink me,' but she uncorked it and sipped anyways. "'Whenever I eat or drink anything, "'something interesting always happens. "'I do hope this will make me grow larger,' Alice muttered, "'for Alice was rather tired of being such a tiny thing. "'It did indeed make her grow. "'Before she drank half the bottle, "'she found her head pressed against the ceiling. "'She quickly put the bottle down. "'That's quite enough!' I wish I hadn't sipped so much. Now I can't get out the door. Within seconds she had doubled in size and had to kneel on the floor to fit in the room. She continued to grow. Next she had to lay down with one elbow curled around her head and the other against the door. Still, she went on growing. As a last minute effort, she put one arm out the window and a foot up the chimney. Now I can do more. What will become of me? Lucky for Alice, she didn't grow any more. Oh, I wish I had never gone down that rabbit hole, Alice moaned. It was much nicer at home. Here I just keep growing and shrinking. I'm so uncomfortable. When I used to read fairy tales, I didn't believe these things truly happened. And now I'm in the middle of one such tale. There ought to be a book written about me. She tried to wiggle her toes and fingers, but couldn't move them an inch. When I grow up, I'll write one. Alice declared. Then she realized that she was all grown up. She felt sad again and cried even harder than before. Then she wondered, will I ever get older than I am now? It would be nice if I had to grow old, but then I'd always have lessons to learn. I wouldn't like that. Suddenly, she heard a voice coming closer. Mary Ann, fetch me the gloves this minute. Then came the white rabbit's pattering feet. She trembled, realizing that the white rabbit was searching for her. She soon forgot that she was now a thousand times larger than him. She needed, she needn't have been frightened of him. The white rabbit came to the door and tried to open it. Alice was bunched up against it. The door wouldn't budge. Fine, she heard him say. I'll go to the window and come through it. When she heard the white rabbit below the window, she spread her fingers out and tried to grab him. She heard a crash of some sort. She assumed the rabbit had fallen onto the greenhouse below. Then Alice heard another voice. A Madigan frappos. Now the rabbit sounded angry. Pat, tell me what that is there in that window. It's an arm, said the second voice. It obviously was someone named Pat. The rabbit shrieked. An arm? It has no business here. Go take it away at once. Alice suddenly heard more voices and words like ladder, rope, and chimney someone shouted bill's gone down the chimney oh said alice so bill's planning on coming down the chimney i think not not that she knew who bill was she drew her feet as far down the chimney as she could alice waited until she heard a little animal scratching and scrabbling about the chimney then that's when she saw bill she gave one sharp kick and waited to see what happened next the first thing she heard was shouting there goes bill they shouted then the white rabbit said are you okay you shot out the chimney like a rocket." there was dead silence i wonder what they'll do next if they had any sense they'd take the roof off soon alice heard the white rabbit say a burrow for us, what we need to start with a burrow full of what thought alice she didn't have long to wonder within a minute a shower of little pebbles came rattling at the window Some hit her face, she thought. I'll put a stop to this. You better not do that again, said Alice. That produced dead silence. Alice noticed with some surprise that all the pebbles turning into little cakes as they lay on the floor. She had a splendid idea. I'll eat one, she thought. It's sure to make some change in my size. And as it can't possibly make me larger, it must make me smaller so she swallowed one of the cakes and started to shrink as soon as she was small enough she ran out of the house and found quite a crowd of little animals and birds outside the poor lizard bill was in the middle of being held up by two guinea pigs who were giving him something out of a bottle they all rushed at alice the moment she appeared but she ran off, ran off as fast as she could she soon found herself safe in the woods The first thing I must do is grow to my right size again. The second thing is to find myself away into the lovely garden. I think that's the best plan, she thought. Alice soon saw an enormous puppy. She would have loved to play with the puppy, but she feared it would trample her as they played fetch. Then she wondered if the dog was hungry. That surely would not be a good thing, she muttered. He could eat me up. She decided she must get away from the big dog. As she threw the sticks one way, she ran the other. How sad, said Alice. I thought I would like to have to teach the puppy tricks. If only I had been the right size to do it. But how do I go about making myself the right size again? Alice looked all around her. Nothing looked like it would be the right thing to eat or drink. There was a large mushroom in front of her. It was about the same height as herself. Alice looked under the mushroom and on both sides of it. Then it occurred to her that she should look on top of it. She stretched herself up on her tiptoes and peered on the top of the mushroom. Her eyes immediately met those of a large blue caterpillar. He was sitting quietly on top with his arms folded. He took no notice of her or anything else. Chapter 5 Advice from a Caterpillar The Caterpillar and Alice stared at each other in silence. At last, the Caterpillar said, Who are you? I hardly know, said Alice shyly. I knew who I was when I got up this morning, but I've changed several times since then. Explain yourself, said the Caterpillar. I can't explain myself because I'm not myself, you see said Alice. Being so many sizes in one day is confusing, quite confusing indeed. No, it isn't, said the caterpillar. Oh, but it is. You'll discover it soon enough, said Alice. When you have to turn into a chrysalis and then into a butterfly, you'll feel a bit odd, I suspect. Not a bit, said the caterpillar. Well, said Alice, It would feel odd to me. But who are you? asked the caterpillar. This, of course, brought them right back to the beginning of their conversation. Alice felt a bit frustrated with his question and short remarks. Who are you? she demanded. You ought to tell me who you are first. Why? asked the caterpillar. Here was another one of his puzzling questions. Alice couldn't think of any good answer. Since the caterpillar was in a very unpleasant state of mind, she turned away. She she felt she was subjected to enough rudeness for one day. Come back, he yelled after her. I have something important to say. This sounded promising, so Alice turned back towards him. Do keep your temper, said the caterpillar is that all asked alice as she swallowed her anger as best she could no said the caterpillar but he didn't speak again for several minutes he looked her up and down finally he said so you think you're changed do you i'm afraid i am said alice i can't remember things like i used to and i keep growing or shrinking i can't seem to keep the same size for more than 10 minutes "'What can't you remember?' he asked. "'Can you recite your old father, William?' Alice folded her hands and began to recite the poem. When she finished, she looked to him for approval. He sighed and announced, "'That was wrong from beginning to end. "'What size do you want to be?' "'I'm not particular,' said Alice." One doesn't like changing so much, you know. I don't know, said the caterpillar. Alice felt she might lose her temper any second. Are you happy with your size now? Asked the caterpillar. I wouldn't mind being a bit larger, said Alice. Three inches isn't the best height to be. In fact, it's a terrible height for a child to be. This made the caterpillar angry. "'It is a good height indeed.' "'He was exactly three inches high. I- "'I'm not used to it,' pleaded Alice. "'You creatures are offended so easily.' "'You'll get used to it in time,' the caterpillar said. Alice waited for him to speak again. But before he did, he yawned and shook his body. Then he got off of the mushroom and crawled away. He remarked, "'One side will make you grow taller.' and the other will make you grow shorter one side of what alice thought of the mushroom said the caterpillar just as if alice had asked the question aloud in another moment the caterpillar was out of sight alice remained and stared at the mushroom for a minute she tried to decide which side was which as it was perfectly round at last she stretched her arms around the mushroom as far as she could Then Alice broke off a bit with each hand. Which is which? She had some in her right hand from the right side of the mushroom, and she had some in her left hand from the left side of the mushroom. She nibbled a small piece from the right hand to see the effect. The next thing she knew, she was shrinking. She was frightened by the change and started to nibble on the mushroom from her left hand. Now she grew so large that her neck rose like a stalk out of the sea green leaves. They were trees. She was as tall as the trees in the woods. She cried, getting her hands up around her neck, which seemed to be tangled a bit. It was no use. Then she tried getting her head down to her hands. She was delighted to find that her neck could bend in all directions like a snake. Since Alice's neck got tangled in the branches, she had to untwist it very often. Still, she was thrilled to have such a new neck. Alice enjoyed the peaceful view until she heard a loud hiss. A large pigeon had flown down into her face and beat her with its wings. Serpent! screamed the pigeon. I am not a serpent, said Alice. Leave me alone, the pigeon screamed again. Serpent! Then the pigeon quieted a bit. I have tried roots of the tree, said the pigeon. Hedges, even banks, there's just no pleasing those serpents. Alice was more puzzled than ever, but decided to allow the pigeon to continue ranting. Hatching the eggs, it's trouble enough, but I must be out look, looking for serpents at night and day, said the pigeon. I have a wink of sleep in three weeks. Alice began to understand. I am very sorry. Truly, I am. Just as I thought I fell a perfect spot, even in the highest tree of the woods, they come slithering about. But I'm not a serpent, Alice said again. I'm a little girl. Little girls not up duck like yours, said the pigeon. I'm supposed to tell me that you can never eat an egg. I have eaten eggs, said Alice, but little girls eat lots of eggs all the time. I don't believe you, said the pigeon. If little girls eat eggs, then you are some type of serpent. Alice thought about this for a minute. When she didn't speak again, the pigeon added, You're looking for eggs, so it doesn't matter if you're a little girl or a serpent. It matters to me, said Alice. I'm not looking for eggs. If I were, I wouldn't want yours anyways. I don't like my eggs raw. Be off then, said the pigeon in a sulky voice. It's, it took several minutes before Alice realized that she still had bits of mushroom in her hand. She slowly nibbled crumbs from her right hand and then crumbs from her left. She'd grow too much and then she'd shrink too much, but eventually she ate enough of both that she was once again her normal size. Alice was happy to be her normal height. Even if it felt a bit odd, she started walking and came up upon the house. Uh, Sorry. She started walking and came upon a house just four feet tall. I don't want to scare whoever lives there, said Alice. If they see me, I'll scare the wits out of them. I don't want anyone to be frightened. So Alice nibbled once again from her right hand and brought herself down to just nine inches high. Thank you so much for joining me in my library for the reading of these chapters from the Calico Illustrated Classics, Alice's Adventures in Wonderland. Next Monday, we'll be reading a few more chapters from this book, Tune in next Monday for more chapters. As always, I'm looking forward to sharing more stories with you.